Welcome, 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 everybody, to the Tuesday Bible study. What time is it? 6.59. We're almost starting. How's everyone doing today? Is the sound okay? Can someone who is live tell me if the sound is fine before I begin? Not quite sure about the sound. Hi, Sandra Maziriri. How are you? Can you hear me clearly? I'm not quite sure about my sound, so I just want to be sure before I start. Is the sound okay? Can you hear me clearly? Okay, let's get into prayer. I'll ask more people as they log in. See ways we can. Awesome. Thank you so much. Okay, I think we can start. Today's session might go beyond. The normal by like five or so minutes, so we have to start on the dot so we can get into a word of prayer. Father, thank you for the session that we're having today for the Bible study. Holy Spirit, we invite you and we ask you to reveal scriptures to us. We ask you to open our eyes and open our ears and give us understanding. Open our hearts, make our hearts soft and pliable so we can receive your word, so that each and every person who listens to this will get something out of it. We thank you for this day, and we thank you for the session we're going to have today. In Jesus' name, amen. Hi, everyone. Hello, hello, hello. So we're going to start. Today's our last episode on the Joseph character study. I'm very excited. It's been quite the journey. I've been enjoying it. I hope you guys have been enjoying it as well. It's been fun. So today's when we finish. So we're going to start by reading Genesis chapter 9, chapter 42. Uh, chapter 41, sorry, verse 9 to 17, and then we're just going to pick up some, a few things along the lines. So I'm going to read, and then we can take it from there, right? Okay, let me just try to do this. Okay. So I'm going to read, and then we can take it from there. So Genesis chapter 41, verse 9 to 17. So I'm going to start. Then the chief cupbearer said to Pharaoh, I remember my offense, my offenses today. When Pharaoh was still angry with his servants and put me and the chief baker in custody in the house of the captain of the guard, we dreamed on the same night, he and I each having a dream with its own interpretation. A young Hebrew was there with us, a servant of the captain of the guard. When we told him, he interpreted our dreams to us, giving an interpretation to each man according to his dream. And he interpreted it to us, so it came about, and I was restored to my office, and the baker was hanged. Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, and they quickly brought him out of the pit. When he had shaved himself and changed his clothes, he came before Pharaoh. Verse 15. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, I have had a dream, and there is no one to interpret it. I have heard it said of you that when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. Joseph answered Pharaoh, it is not in me. God will give Pharaoh a favorable answer. Verse 17, where we're stopping. When then Pharaoh said to Joseph, behold, in my dream, I was standing on the banks of the Nile. You already read the whole thing with the dreams. So we're going to stop there. So one, I'm, we're just going to pick up a few points as we go with each and every verse. And what I loved about this particular session 
this particular this particular session of verses, the first one is we're just going to pick up points as we go. A verse that stood out for me particularly was verse 9 that spoke about the power of relationships. That That's the sub that I have here. It says the power of relationships and not necessarily burning bridges to the ground. So if you remember two or so sessions ago, we spoke about the importance of staying in character and not being a person who is triggered by the slightest, smallest things to the extent that it makes you get out of character and it makes you be a shadow of yourself. So as I was reading this part of the story where the cabrera now finally remembers Joseph, what clicked in my mind was the importance and the power of relationships and not necessarily burning bridges. Because it took me back to a place where I thought, would imagine if Joseph had acted out of character and he had sent letters, maybe even cussing out the cupbearer for forgetting and a lot of things, just being, maybe even showing discontentment that you forgot me, maybe even being bitter and saying a lot of unnecessary things, right? What would have been the result? Even if the cupbearer had had that final opportunity to remember Joseph, he wouldn't have remembered him. He would have remembered him and quickly pushed it aside because, you know, this person ended up offending me. So what I took from verse 9 particularly was the importance of not necessarily burning bridges. And that's what a lot of us do, myself included. So many times we burn bridges that don't necessarily need to be burnt. I'm a big believer in burning of bridges. There's certain bridges that need to be burnt. But then I feel like there's certain bridges that don't need to be burnt. There are bridges that can just be temporarily ignored, but then there are bridges that you don't need to, to burn to the ground. Because if he had not just stayed in character, if he had acted out of character and he had maybe insulted the cup bearer and sent letters and done so many things and spoken ill of him, even when this opportunity came, the cup bearer was not going to be able to remember him. Even if he had remembered him, he would not have put his name up for that opportunity because Joseph would have burned a bridge, right? So it's important. What I want us to get from this particular part is the importance of relationships. Value the relationships in your life. Don't be a person who's quick to burn bridges. This is where the Holy Spirit comes in and he gives us wisdom. We have to know the difference. Which, what are the doors that I should close entirely? And what are the bridges that I should burn? What are the Who are the people that are sort of, in a way, blocking my destiny that I need to detach from them? You see, it completely. And who are the people that I still need in my life, even though at this particular moment, I may not necessarily be happy with them. And at this particular moment, I may not necessarily be in agreement with some of the things they've done or how they have treated me. Because at the end of the day, a lot of us don't know how the future will play out. And so many times we burn bridges and then we get to a place where we remember, oh my God, I need this person. I need something done. And you remember the the one of the few people or the only person who's able to help you more often than not is the person you burnt the bridge with. So that's what I got from that. That it's important to exercise discretion when cutting people off and when burning bridges, because some of these bridges bridges we might need them later. Okay, another point I want us to take is from verse fourteen. Let me just read it to refresh. Verse fourteen reads, "Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, and they quickly brought him out of the pit." And when he had shaved himself and changed his clothes, he came in before Pharaoh. I love how when it was time for Joseph's elevation, it happened so fast that it was almost instant. So instant that a person who met Joseph on that particular day could have easily thought that Joseph was an overnight success. 
Because imagine you're in the palace, maybe you're a new employee, and you get in and you see this guy, he's being a solution, and that instant he's made prime minister. It's very easy to think that this person is an, is an overnight success. And I love, I don't remember saying this. Someone said, there is no such thing as an overnight success. The work was done, you just weren't there to see it or to witness it. So it's like with Joseph. People who were there at that point in his life could have very easily thought, ah, you know what, this person is an overnight success. This just happened instantly. When in actual reality, this is something that took God over 13 years of developing Joseph, of developing his character. And there are also times in our own individual lives where we feel like God is not moving or when we feel like we can't really see what he's doing. And that's exactly what was playing out in Joseph's life for those 13 years. But unbeknownst to us and to everyone else, God was actually working something that when the time came, his heart was prepared and he was prepared for whatever it is that God had in store, right? So it's important sometimes to be patient with God because so many times we're in situations where we feel like God isn't doing anything and we feel like your life is at a standstill. Not knowing that God is actually doing something behind the scenes just because you don't know it or just because you don't see it or just because it doesn't come with a title and like a heading doesn't mean that it's not happening. Sometimes God is developing your patience which will be used at a later date. And I love the book of that verse in the book of Isaiah 60, verse 22, which reads, when the time is right, I, the Lord, will make it happen. And I love how God opened a door that was specifically for Joseph because he chose to be patient. Because everyone else who tried to enter that door failed because Pharaoh actually brought his, brought his dreams to the magicians and he said, can you guys interpret this? And everyone said, no, we can't. And he was the one person who was able to interpret it. And I'm really a big believer in that thing that God can actually open a door that has your name on it. Which is why it's also very important not to force things. Because when you force your way into a door that doesn't have your name on it, you miss out on so many opportunities that could have easily been aligned to you. Right? And another thing that I love I love, I saw something very interesting on verse 15. Let me read it. Let's read it for emphasis. I saw something very interesting on verse 15. Okay, verse 15, it reads, And Pharaoh said to Joseph, I have had a dream and there is no one who can interpret it. I have heard it said of you that when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. I love this part. The part I love about this verse is the part that says, I have heard it said of you. Joseph was brought into the presence of Pharaoh because of the things that people said about him. His reputation preceded him. Before he even had the opportunity to enter into Pharaoh's presence, his reputation preceded him. So it showed me the importance of reputation. That's what I got from that particular point, that Pharaoh was actually vocal and he said but i have heard it said of you and we reflect that back to ourselves what is it that people hear being said of you what is said of you in your absence what is your reputation that precedes you before you enter a room and people hear you're coming what is it that people have in mind right what do people know you for what have they heard of you and whatever it is that they heard is it something that is able to open doors or to close doors for you? That's food for thought. And it also speaks on the importance of character. I love something that Dr. Mars Monroe said. He said, character is what speaks for you in your absence. 
when you are not able to be in a place, your character is what perceives you. Like you see, Joseph was not in the room, but his character went ahead for went ahead of him and it spoke for him. So that's something you always have to carry out, and you have to think. In the, even when you're interacting with people, even in your day to day life, think the whatever it is that I'm doing, it will be attached to my name, and these are the things that people will hear before I even step into a room. These are the things that will accompany me. That will accompany my actions. These are the things that will go before me before I even enter a room. So it's important to always be mindful of that. It's important to always be mindful that reputation is important. Pharaoh said to Joseph, I have heard it said of you. What would the people in your life hear about you? What's something that people in your life would say? I've heard it said of Taku, I've heard it said of this person, I've heard it said of that person that they are like this. It's important to always guard your reputation to the best of your ability. Okay? And I also love verse 16 where Joseph is confronted again in that situation where first, like, I've heard that you can interpret dreams. This is like the second time it's happened in his, in his life. And he says, no, I don't interpret dreams. Interpretations belong to God. Again, we find another sort of like a mini situation where his character is being tested. He could have easily hogged the glory and been like, you know what? Yes, I do interpret dreams. I've interpreted multiple dreams before. But in this particular instance, he said, no, interpretation belongs to God. And I'm not the one who can interpret. And I think that was very powerful. Okay, so now we're going to read from verse 17 to 32. And then we're going to pick up some points there. We're going to skip the verses about the dreams because we already addressed them in the previous situation. Uh, so we're going to start from... Okay. Let's start from verse 24. This is Pharaoh inter- telling Joseph the end of the dream. He has already told him. There's, not read, there's no need for us to read the verses because we read them prior, right? And the thin ears swallowed up the seven good ears. And I told it to the magicians, but there was no one who could explain it to me. Verse 25, then Joseph said to Pharaoh, the dreams, are, the dreams of Pharaoh are one. God has revealed to Pharaoh what he is about to do. We spoke about this last week, that God is very capable of revealing his plans and what he is planning to do for us in dreams. Yes, okay. Then Joseph said to Pharaoh, the dreams of Pharaoh are one. God has revealed it to Pharaoh what he is about to do. Verse 26, the seven good cows are seven years and the seven good ears are seven years and the dreams are one the seven lean and ugly cows that came up after the seven years and the seven empty ears blighted by the east wind are also years of fam- are also seven years of famine it is as i told pharaoh that god has shown to pharaoh what he's about to do there will come seven years of great and plenty throughout the land of egypt but after them there will arise seven years of famine and all the plenty will be forgotten in the land of Egypt. The famine will consume the land and the plenty will be unknown in the land by the reason of the famine that will follow, for it will be very severe. And the doubling of Pharaoh's dream means that this thing is fixed by God. That situation that we spoke of last week, if you remember, hi Shaman, hi B, that sometimes when you have a dream twice, and if a dream is repeated, more often than not, it's something that's already established. And it's something that you either have to prepare for or pray for the strength to endure, right? Because that's what Joseph is confirming. He said, and the doubling of Pharaoh's dream means that the thing is fixed by God and God will shortly bring it about. So what I want us to take from this 
first 32 we've already talked about how sometimes when you dream something it means more than once it means it's already been firmly decided not always but most times right yes and what else i want the other thing i want us to take from this is yeah i think that's it let's now go from verse 33 to 57 and yes verse 33 to 57 today there's a lot of reading guys <laughs> 33 to 57 and it's quite long so you're going to have to bear with me but that's the last part that's when we finish so don't worry so verse 33 now therefore let pharaoh select a discerning wise man and set him over the land of egypt let pharaoh proceed to appoint overseers over the land and take one-fifth of the produce of the land of egypt during the seven plentiful years and let them gather all the food in these good years that are coming and store up grain under the authority of Pharaoh for food in the cities and let him keep it. The food shall be a reserve for the land against the seven years of famine that are to occur in the land of Egypt so that the land may not perish through the famine. We spoke about what this means last week, that it means that at each and every season of your, of your life, there's a resource you have in abundance. And you should use that resource that you have in abundance, be it time, be it money, be it whatever. You use it to prepare for the next season of your life. We spoke about this last week. Verse 37. This proposal pleased Pharaoh and all his servants. And Pharaoh said to his servants, Can we find a man like this in whom the Spirit of God is? Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Since God has shown you all this, there is no one so discerning and as wise as you are. You shall be over my whole house and all my people shall order themselves as you command only as regards as the throne will i be greater than you and pharaoh said to joseph see i have set you over all the land of egypt then pharaoh took his signet ring from his hand and he put it on joseph's hand and clothed him in garments of fine linen and put a gold chain on his neck and he made him ride in his second chariot and they called out before him bow the knee Thus he set him over the whole land of Egypt. And we have arrived to the end of Joseph's story. That's the end. So we're going to get some last things. One thing I want us to take also from the section that we read is verse 34. Verse 34 reads, Let Pharaoh proceed to appoint overseers to take one-fifth of the produce of the land. And I love how this shows us another glimpse into Joseph's character. Joseph was a person who was now walking in humility. This is the different. This is a different Joseph from the Joseph that we met in the beginning of the story, who was very showy and very eager to tell his brothers that he was destined to be greater than all his brothers. So we see Joseph. We see a very different side of him, and we see a glimpse of his character. We see the angle of humility. Joseph was humble, and I love how even in interpreting the dream of Pharaoh, he didn't say, "You know what? I interpret this dream." So I'm the one and I have the answers and I can tell you how you can run this in a way that will make sense. He's like, no, Pharaoh, you should appoint people that are wise and that are able to execute the solutions that I'm giving you. We see humility. We see also another angle of Joseph's character. We see boldness. He showed his gift of administration, which God had polished all through his life. When he was in Potiphar's house, when he was in prison, God was sharpening his gift of administration. And when it came now to the grand stage, right? I love this. It's, it's a contrast to that story of David, where David was able to fight the bear and the adder and the 
forest, right? So when he came to Goliath, he already had previous battles that he had won. And now we see the same thing with Joseph. Joseph was able to exercise his gift as an administrator in prison. He was able to exercise his gift as an administrator in Potiphar's house. And now when the time, when push came to shove, he was able even to administrate on a greater scale. So never take for granted any opportunities that you're given to exercise and to sort of stretch out your gift. Always use those opportunities. And I love how he, he, he was able to interpret the dream. Not only that, but he was also able to come up with a very reasonable solution. And I love something that Dr. Miles Monroe said about this whole part of Joseph's life. It was, it's something very fascinating. He said, one thing we can take from this aspect of Joseph's life is the way that Joseph had a very close-knit relationship with God, but he was not religious. He went into the presence of the king and he didn't show up saying, ah, you are sinners, you're going to die, you're going... No, no, no. He showed up with, in a way that he showed up with wisdom, with godly wisdom, that even the people that were there, they were able to tell that this is not normal wisdom. Because they actually said it. There's a verse I read where they said, in whom the spirit of God is, they say that about Joseph. Like, who else can we give this opportunity except this man in whom the spirit of God is? You see? And Dr. Masmano was saying that that's how we should present our Christianity. Present your Christianity with solutions. Present your Christianity with the way you carry yourself. He said, the kingdom of God is in you, but it manifests in the way you carry yourself. Carry yourself and present yourself in a way that people, they, they see God through you. You don't have to be religious and to be spraying holy water on people and oil. You, the way you carry yourself should be a way that makes people wonder. It should be something that people just see and they're like, there's something about this guy. There's something about this lady. Without you even having to do over the top things, just because of the way you carry yourself. The kingdom of God is in you and it is exhibited in the way you carry yourself. Dr. Masmuna said that and it stuck in my mind. I was like, this is, this is profound. It's amazing. So Joseph displayed the kingdom of God through his wisdom and his conduct that the people saw God in the way he carried himself. He didn't even say anything about God. He just carried himself in a way that the people around him knew that there is no way this is the wisdom of a human being. Definitely there's something behind it. And I feel like that is such a motivation and such a challenge to us that we have to play our part. Be diligent. Carry yourself well. Carry yourself as an ambassador of the kingdom, right? And play your part so people see God through your life, right? Let your life be a testimony of how God changes people, how you live, how you dress, how you relate to people, how you work, how you carry out your work, right? We can give the example of how the Bible says you are the salt of the earth. The Bible says you are the yeast, right? Salt, when it gets into food, you don't even see salt, but you feel it. You feel that the salt is here, this food is salt, right? But you don't have to see the white grains of salt. Same goes with yeast. Yeast, can, the Bible says we are the salt and we are the yeast. Yeast can go into dough and you don't even see the yeast. It disappears into the dough. But what do you see? You see the effect of the yeast. You see the dough rise and you know, ah, there's yeast there. So likewise, our Christianity should be more about how we impact people. Less talk and then more action, right? And I also want us to take, as we're closing out, verse 35, it speaks about the use of abundant resources in the season of abundance. We spoke about that last week. 
verse 33, Joseph's testament wasn't, yes, this was this is what I was explaining, that Joseph's life was a testament of his relationship with God. He didn't have to walk and poke people and tell people that, me, I have a relationship with God. No, his results and the results he produced spoke that about him. His life was a testament of his relationship with God. It showed and it reflected. And it takes me back to that mm, verse in Acts 4, verse 13, which reads, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, for they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training. They recognize that they have been with Jesus. Be a person who, who builds a relationship with Jesus and builds a relationship with God to such an extent that you don't even have to say much for people to understand. That your life in itself is a testimony. Before you even open your mouth to say to tell people that God did this and this for me. People tell you that the way you carry yourself in itself, is it's a testimony. We're taking something from that, Right? And verse 39, we also learned that the humble will always be exalted. So our finale for the life of Joseph, we're going to get it. We're going to go further, further into the future. Genesis chapter 50, verse 15 to 20. This is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Like, ultimately one of my favorite verses. This is after Joseph's father died. Right, And the brothers are now, they're scared because they're thinking after these many years, maybe Joseph still has some sort of resentment and he has some sort of grudges and he's still mad at us and he might want to avenge us. So they go and they say to Joseph, ah, you know what, let's just read the verse, okay. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, it may be that Joseph will hate us and pay us back for all the evil we did to him. So they sent a message to Joseph and said, your father gave this command before he died. Say to Joseph, please forgive the transgression of your brothers and their sin because they did evil to you. And now please forgive the transgression of your servants for the God of your father. Right? And his brothers also came and fell down before him and said, Behold, we are your servants. And Joseph said to him, This is one of my favorite verses in the Bible ever. Do not fear, for, uh, for I in the place of God. As for you, verse 20, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good to bring about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. I love it. I love how at the end of Joseph's life where we see this part where his brothers are expecting him to avenge, he's like, he has a better perspective now. And he understands. He's telling his brothers, like, listen, whatever you guys did, you did it with evil intentions. But God twisted it and turned it for my good. And that's the main lesson I want us to get from the life of Joseph. Like I said, for me, the life of Joseph is an illustration of Romans 8.28. That for we know that God works out everything for the good of them that love him and accord according to his purpose. That's what I want. If you're going to get one thing from this whole study of the life of Joseph, I want you to get that final part. Genesis 50 verse 20. That your duty as an individual remain connected to god remain connected to his purpose remain connected stay connected to god it doesn't matter whatever outside situations change what people do what people plot what people scheme ultimately god will use those things for your benefit that's pretty much what you've seen throughout the life of joseph so many people tried false rape accusations his brother sold him into sleep he was dealt a horrible deck of cards but because he maintained his relationship with God, because he stayed connected to God, because he 
refused to let his heart be polluted by bitterness and anger because he refused to hold grudges for against people who refused to help him people he expected to help him ultimately it worked for his good so like we said in romans 8 28 god works everything together for the good of them that are called according to his purpose keep your heart devoid keep your heart devoid of grudges resentment and at each and every stage in your life, trust in God's plan for your life. May that be something that echoes in the depth of your soul. That whatever it is that people try to do, whatever it doesn't matter how bad and how horrible it is. If I stay connected to God and if I keep nurturing and polishing and cultivating my love for God, it doesn't matter what people do. It does not matter how horrible, it doesn't matter how much they plot. God will find a way of working it out for my good. And we conclude Joseph's, the Joseph Bible study. Guys, this was an interesting three months. Next week, we have Pastor Annie. She's coming to do the final session. How powerful she's going to just give us a very beautiful presentation. And we're done. With the study of Joseph's life. And then next week we're going to start. Like we said we're going to be doing Bible study. A character Bible study. And then we're going to have a session. Which we call crucial conversation. Conversations. We're going to talk about so many things. That are sometimes avoided in the church. We're going to talk about so many things. We're going to talk about alcohol. What does the Bible exactly say about alcohol? Does it strictly forbid? We're going to talk about feminism. We're going to talk about so many things. In such a small space of time. And. So I think after this session, we're going to have our first installment of Crucial Conversations and we're going to be dealing with alcohol. That's going to be a very interesting session. Please do tune in. So next week, Pastor Annie is going to come in and she's going to be just touching up and polishing up our last, everything is done for the love of Joseph. She's not going to touch on part. I don't know what she's going to touch, but I know it's going to be powerful. And then the week before, after that, we're going to start our Crucial Conversations conversations. 